welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening. We're in Acts tonight, Acts chapter 6. I just uh, received a text there from Brother Chibuzi. Uh, They've had a baby and a healthy boy, a healthy boy, so hot off the press. You are amongst the first people to know, just so. (laughs) Praise God. Um, So looking forward to meeting that little boy. Praise God. So let's let's read from Acts chapter 6, verse 1. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Those who spoke Greek complained against those who spoke Hebrew, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. We apostles should spend our time preaching and teaching the Word of God not administering a food program, they said. Now look around among yourselves, brothers, and select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will put them in charge of this business. Then we can spend our time in prayer and preaching and teaching the Word. This idea pleased the whole group, and they chose the following. Stephen, full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, who was a Gentile convert to the Jewish faith who had now become a Christian. These seven men were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. God's message was preached in ever-widening circles the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Lord God, Lord, tonight, Lord, I thank the Lord for, Lord, your word, oh God. I thank the Lord that, Lord, already in the service, Lord, I've, I've heard echoes of it, oh God. Even, Lord, as we prayed together, Lord, as we sang, Lord, that speak the name of Jesus, Lord. Oh, Lord, 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 you've been, Lord, taking us down a path tonight, oh God. And I pray, Lord, that Lord, you would just, Lord, speak, Lord, Lord, to us all, Lord, through your word tonight, oh God. Have your way in our hearts, Lord. Encourage us again, Jesus, Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, draw our attention back, oh, Lord, to things that are important again, Lord. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 So, uh, my title tonight is, is Feed Jerusalem. Feed Jerusalem. So, obviously, the, the church is just at this point where, where we've read, the church hasn't been long in existence. It started on the day of Pentecost, shortly before, before that incident where we just read, and, and the Holy Spirit came, filled the disciples. Now, remember, this is Almighty God, you know, stepping in to human vessels in, in a special way, and, and this happened on the day of Pentecost, And on that same day, 3,000 people, approximately 3,000, were added to the church on that first day. Amazing, amazing events in the the city 
of Jerusalem, and, and the church continues to grow. People were traveling in from the, the surrounding areas and, and coming to believe in Jesus. And so the disciples, the, the apostles, they find themselves thrust into this situation where they maybe hadn't quite seen themselves before. They were now leaders of, of a large group of people and a, and a movement. The church, the greatest, the greatest movement that ever existed, the greatest life force through human vessels that, that has ever existed. And so they find them, themselves at the helm of this. And uh, they were leading, this predominantly was a Jewish church. So I think it's fair to say that, that these Jewish believers had a little bit of an advantage on a, on a Gentile becoming a Christian in that they had the Scriptures and would have been brought up and, and taught the Scriptures from, from early years. And so a lot of this went when, when the disciples, and when they start to teach, a lot of, of what they see and a lot of what they hear through the disciples is going to resonate with them because they have the Scriptures. And of course, Jesus said about the Scriptures that they spoke of Him. And there was this amazing unity and generosity amongst the believers. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says that all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there, that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. And so we have the beginnings here of, of just this amazing love demonstrated and expressed practically. And uh, we, have, we have a feed, a feed Jerusalem. And uh, there was a big need back then for food. And so this, this revival and this, this church expression, this, this movement, this body is, is growing, but it's not without opposition. And as, as people are being saved and as, as the numbers are being added, the Jewish authorities start to react to it. They start to see what's happening and, and they begin to issue threats and threaten, threaten the apostles and, and want to silence them. And there's, there's, there's a growing persecution that's coming against the church. And of course, we know that it was all part of God's plan. Brothers and sisters, this persecution was going to come against the church, but it would thrust the church out into the wider world. And so as, as we, in our church even here in these days, in this generation, as we see uh, trials and difficulties and we see wars and famines and shortages and, and disease and, and all sorts of things, we need not be afraid because God's plan is at work. God is doing something and He, he knows what's happening. He knows what's going to happen. And so we can be confident 
that even as these things unfold, God has taken us somewhere, and God is doing something with His church, and He's got a plan. He's got a plan, even though it's still difficult. It's still difficult. We, we never discount even the trials that the, the Jewish church here were going through. So there's this mountain uh, increase in persecution going on. And what we've read today is that there were also some struggles from within the church. There seemed to be two groups that we're told about. Maybe there's more groups as well, but certainly there, was, there, were, there were these two groups in this early church. And, and they seemed to have somewhat of a, of a struggle. There was a, a Greek-speaking group, uh, and they felt that their widows weren't receiving the same uh, feeding program. That I don't know what they weren't getting, but they weren't getting the same, apparently. That was the accusation. That, that was the struggle they were having. They felt that their widows weren't getting the same as the, as the Hebrew-speaking widows. And so Luke, the, the writer of Acts, he, he doesn't explore all this. He doesn't go into all the ins and outs of, of what the issue actually was. And was it a real issue? Was it not? But, uh, but we're just told that there was this struggle going on. And what we, we see the, the apostles react to this. And uh, they... they they come out and they say, we also have a problem. We are being distracted from what we're meant to be doing. And what has happened is that this, this church has exploded. There are needs. There are administrational needs. There are practical needs. There are financial needs. And, and the apostles are, are being pulled this way and that way. And maybe out of just the sheer uh, size of the task, they're not able to cope with, with all that's going on. And so certain people feel overlooked. And so the apostles, they're, they're saying, well, we're distracted. And so, so we have another struggle as well. Uh, we, we have the fact that the widows weren't being fed properly and then we also have the fact that the apostles weren't able to do what they were meant to do. And these are some of the first church and growing church problems. At the end of the day, brothers and sisters, they were all young Christians. They were, they were only beginning. They're, they're, only, they're trying to find their feet and, and trying to find how, how is this thing. They're, they're growing with, with, with the church, as it were. But the apostles in this, they, they come to understand something, that the role that, that God has called them to is very important, is very important. And as growth has happened, they have become distracted in their journey from the primary things that, that God had called them to. And actually, we, we can relate to this because even in our journey as, as Christians, as, as just people, we grow. We grow into different areas of life and different responsibility, 
responsibilities. You grow from, from being a child into an adult, and you come out of school, go into college, and then you have to start providing for yourself. You have to get your first part-time job. You have to uh, go into a career then, and, and you, you get work responsibilities, and, and, and maybe a wife or a husband comes along, and, and all of a sudden, the responsibilities and, and, and issues of life multiply, and distractions can happen. And growth, growth is always challenging. We always desire it, we want it, but it's also challenging. And brothers and sisters, sometimes in that journey of growing, we can forget some of the, the, the fundamental and important things relating to life. We can, we can become distracted from some of the, the, the primary roles and responsibilities that God has called us to. Sometimes work can take us away from, from responsibility and, and family life. It can. It can. We can get, we can feel so much obligation to our work situation that we can neglect family at home, children, wife, relationship, marriage. And these, these things are roles that, that aren't just things that we have chosen. These are things that God has put into our lives and established us in and called us to. And just, just out of this, this reading tonight, I just, just want to encourage you, if you have, if, if even tonight, you find yourself distracted from, from things that you know God wants you to be responsible for or wants you to carry or wants you to hold. Sometimes we can be, become a little discouraged by that, knowing that we've abdicated something that's important in some way. We can feel condemned by that. I want to encourage you, step back into it. Step back into it. Don't, don't carry on down that road. Step back into it. Men, step back into the, the priestly role in your home, leading your home, encouraging your children, your wife, bringing them to, 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 to an altar, bringing them to a place of worship, bringing them on a journey with God. Whatever roles that, that God has called you to, get back to them, brothers and sisters. Don't, don't be distracted by growth. We're encouraged you know, in, in Hebrews 12, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked for us. With perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on him. He is the primary role that we have, brothers and sisters, Jesus. And if we all fix our eyes on him, we'll find our place in the other roles that we have in life. He is the pioneer. He is the perfecter of our faith. So the first thing the apostles do in, in the meeting that they called with the believers is they define to everyone what God has called them to do. They made it clear that they were going to spend time preaching and teaching and, and in prayer. And they made it clear what they were not going to do. They weren't going to continue with with administering a, a, a feeding program. And this, this was not making less of the food program. Not at all. 
Not at all. In fact, it was given the, the, the food program the place that it deserved, the attention that it deserved by godly people. And so the apostles, they, they, they set out some requirements of the team that was going to select these men. They said that there were three qualities that they were looking for. They needed to be men who were well-respected. They needed also to be full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom. And full of wisdom. And I find it interesting that running a food program required such a high caliber of individual. (laughs) I mean, buy some food and give it to some people. (laughs) Um, How complicated can it get? And if you are tempted to think that way, I want you to go and spend a few days with John and Catherine down in Feed Cork Um, because it is not a simple thing at all. It is, it, is, it is not something small. And it was one of the great testimonies of the church. There's so many challenges to feeding people. There's food storage. We have an issue with food storage here in the church. <laughs> you, need, you need a fridge. There was, no, there was no fridges or freezers back then. How do you, how do you keep this food fresh? There was transportation. They didn't have a lot. Like, we have a broken down truck. We, we struggle with our refrigerated truck. And John and Catherine will tell you, every week it's off to the repair shop. We, we, we struggle with transportation. They didn't even have a broken down truck. I don't know how they carried the food from one place to another. Staffing difficulties. What about the cultural issues between the, the Greek-speaking Jews and the... the the Hebrew-speaking Jews, there would have been different norms, I guess, and different expectations and different food preferences and all these, all these different things that go on in, in a feeding program. And so the apostles, they, they said, these people, they're going to be the first deacons and there's a very high criteria for them. Here are some of the things they didn't ask for. They didn't ask for talent. They, they, they didn't look for people with a, a diploma in food science or you know, a, a degree of some sort. They, they didn't ask for wealth. They didn't ask for a high profile. They didn't ask for people who were popular. They didn't ask for people who were high up in society or had uh, influence. They wanted people who were well-respected, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of wisdom for that first feeding ministry. And today, I want us to look at at one of these criteria in particular that that I feel is is fundamental to, to any sort of ministry and any sort of Christian walk, any sort of endeavor for the Lord, brothers and sisters, and that is this, this one that they mention here, being full of the Spirit, being full of the Spirit. Now, they, the, the apostles said to the believers, pick men who are full of the Spirit. Pick men who are full 
of the Spirit. And that means, brothers and sisters, that when someone is full of the Spirit, it's recognizable. It's identifiable. We can see in a person that they, they are full of the, of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of, of the mighty God. And so I have three questions. What, what, what is full of the Spirit? What, what does it mean? Because the Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit. It talks about being continuously filled with the Spirit. What does it mean to be full of the Spirit? And how can it be recognized? And how can I be full of the Spirit? We know that, we know that when a person is born again, that at that instant in time, there's a, there's a few things happen. Their sins are forgiven. They, the, the, the new Christian receives eternal life. It's amazing, brothers and sisters. Sometimes we, we forget these things. We, we just live our lives, but we have eternal life. Eternal life, we're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. Every last one of our sins has been forgiven. Our and we have been re reclassified as holy in, in the eyes of Almighty God. Wonderful things, wonderful things. But the other thing that happens when we are born again, when we become a Christian, and maybe you're here tonight and you're, you're exploring this, what does it mean to become a Christian? Well, that's your sins will be forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. You will receive eternal life. In other words, you will receive heaven, a guarantee of it, and you will receive the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. Remember, there's a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that third person, he has always existed, and he is immeasurable. He is all-powerful. Those who are in youth know these words. What's the word for any youth here? What's the word for all-powerful? Omnipotent. Okay, you forgot it. It's <laughs> we'll have to go over that one again. He is present everywhere, the Holy Spirit. And he knows everything. And this, this person of the Holy Spirit inhabits the new believer. We're forgiven, receive eternal life, and the person of the Holy Spirit comes, and the Bible says we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We become the dwelling place of God. It's amazing. So God is, God, God is not an inhabitor of, of a building. He's not an inhabitor of the court church premises. No, He is an inhabitor he lives in the Cork Church people, brothers and sisters. He lives in me, and he lives in you. It's the most amazing thing. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we receive this free because Jesus paid for it on the cross. And if you've never invited Jesus to come into you, if you've never had this experience of being born again, then you can simply speak to God. You can speak to God because He's here. 
the Holy Spirit is everywhere. We can speak to God and we can say, God, I'm, I'm sorry for the way I've been living. I choose to live your way. Thank you for giving me eternal life. And I ask your Holy Spirit to come and live inside me. And he comes, and the Bible describes that as being born again. And in two verses down, born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. And this new eternal life starts. It's wonderful. And we embark on this journey then with God living inside us and us being hidden in Jesus. It's amazing. And so the, the Holy Spirit then, he takes us on a journey. He takes us to this Bible and he's going to take us to different parts of the Scriptures and he's going to reveal things to us through the Scriptures, through the preaching of God's Word. He's going he's to reveal things to us about what He wants to do in our lives, about where He has taken us, about what He wants us to be like, what, what He wants us to look like, obviously not, not physically, but what, what we're becoming the image of. And the Bible tells us very clearly that the Holy Spirit takes us on a journey of making us and conforming us, shaping us to the image of Jesus. To the image of Jesus. And, and brothers and sisters, this is, this is one of the ways that we can tell if somebody is full of the Spirit is that they start to, to take on this likeness of Jesus. And do you know, brothers and sisters, when, when I come across somebody and I see Jesus in them, it does something to my heart. It does something within me. My, my heart starts to rejoice when I see that joy or, or that kindness or that, that, that patience. When, when I see that in a person or I see that, that love, that love for somebody. I remember, you know, one of my friends up in Donegal, he's, he's now a pastor up there, Pastor Trevor. I remember as a teenager, I remember being noting him. We, we, we would do missions trips, just the two of us. We'd head off down the country and, and go to a town and just uh, witness. And, and I remember seeing him. He would just sit down with people and I would see in him a love for the broken and a love for the lost. And it just, it always stirred my heart. And there's, there's many people that have come across in this Christian walk, including many of my brothers and sisters here. And, and I have tasted, I've tasted the character of Jesus. And this is, this is, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to, he wants to conform us and shape us into the image of Jesus. There is nobody lovelier than Jesus. There is nobody kinder than Jesus. There is nobody who I want to meet more than Jesus. And brothers and sisters, we get through the Holy Spirit to be made into His image. The Bible says image to image and glory to glory, degree by degree, 
we are conformed. And, and the Bible says to us as an instruction as well to be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this, this is what renews our minds, brothers and sisters. This is it here, the, 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 this Bible, this Word. He shows us in this Word what He wants us to be like. I'm going to give you patience. I'm going to make you patient like Jesus. And we have a choice. When he reveals something in this word, brothers and sisters, we have a choice. And this, this is the way, this is, this is the journey that we go on. A transformational journey being changed from one declare of glory to another, becoming more and more like Jesus. But it's by choice. He comes and he speaks through, through this Bible. He speaks to our intellect and he speaks to our hearts. And he comes and he reveals to us what he wants to do through the promises and we have a choice whether we believe it or not. And by faith, we can apprehend and step into this amazing life. This amazing life. And so, this is, this is the journey. This is the call. I have a fish finder. I got it as a gift for my birthday. And I got it on the boat and uh, went out with Vadim and Valentine. We went out fishing. And I got it switched on. And the screen came on. And there's all this stuff on the screen. But I, could, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it meant because I didn't read the instruction manual. And I couldn't figure out what it was trying to tell me. There's all these dots on it and stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't work it out. And brothers and sisters, we have, for this new life, we have this word that is an instruction manual. And the Holy Spirit will take us to this word. He will, through this word, bring us into things and steer us into things that are actually not just difficult. They are completely impossible. They are, they are impossible. But through the power of the Spirit, the strength of the Spirit, He will bring us into those things. Things that, you know, areas of, of I don't know what your struggle is, but, but areas of love, of patience, of kindness, the, these things, He will bring us into those areas that are too much for us. He will, if you'll just believe Him. And the key to it is we get the promise, we believe it, and He brings us into it. And then we are shaped a little bit more like Jesus. And we become more and more full of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. The Bible makes it clear in Galatians that we have an old flesh. There's an old carnal nature. And that, that old nature is already defeated by what Jesus did on the cross. The power of the Spirit is more powerful 
than that old nature. We have already, in Christ, we have died, and the Bible tells us that, that through that death, we can recognize, through Jesus' death, we can recognize that we have already died, and that old nature, therefore, has been, has been rendered powerless. But it will rise up, and it will claim authority in our lives, and it will say that because you were always this, you still have to be that. Because you were always angry, because you always kicked the cat, well, you need to kick the cat today again. But that's not true. That's not true. Because we live a new life now. We have a new life. But that, that old nature is still there. And the Bible says that we can either live according to that old nature, or we can live according to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so, brothers and sisters, we make this choice. And the Bible encourages us to be full of the Spirit. And the way to be full of the Spirit is to live according to the Spirit. Allow the Spirit to reign in our lives. And as we, as we allow Him to reign, He will become more evident. The character of Jesus will become more evident in us. Remember that this Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit who came on Jesus when He was baptized. And Jesus lived according His ministry life. He, he lived according to the Spirit. And the same Spirit lives in us that lived in Jesus. Fully lives in us. It's amazing. Amazing. But we have a choice to make. And it always, God, Almighty God respects the human choice. He doesn't come, punch you, knock you on the ground, and, and reprogram you and say, this is it now, you're, a, you're a, a different entity altogether. He doesn't. He comes and he says, look, I've got something that I want you to step into here. I have a different life for you. And if you'll say yes and believe me to do it, I'll bring you into it. I will bring you into it. And the evidence of that will be increasing in your life. The apostles, whenever they said, go, go pick seven men, they said, pick men who are full of the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. So how, how can we recognize this full of the Spirit quality? Now, I, I picked, there, there's, there's many evidences, but the first one that I, I believe is, is one of the greatest, one of our greatest callings as Christians is to be worshipers of Jesus. Now, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit that when he comes he will glorify me. He will glorify me. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, when we become born again, out of our mouths and out of our lives will flow worship, will flow a glorifying of Jesus, a glorifying of, and, and the name of Jesus will be lifted up in our lives from our lips and not just, not just from our lips, it'll be in this place of worship, but it'll be um, in, in the way we conduct ourselves. All of a sudden, the characteristics of Jesus, as, as they're displayed 
through our lives as, as there's a, an increase in kindness, increase in patience, and, and people see it, then all of a sudden they, they, they are seeing Jesus in us. And brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. You know, sometimes we can't see this within ourselves, but other people will see it. And sometimes we think the progress is so slow, but, but people will know that we have been with Jesus. People will see the difference in our conduct. And our lives will bring glory to Jesus through all sorts of different ways. I know that you know, different people say, come and say <coughs> certain things to you or nice things about you. And, and my boast is that, do you know what? This is what I was, and Jesus has changed me. What, anything good about me is because of him, is because of Jesus. If there's anything likable about us, brothers and sisters, it's because of Jesus. It's because he's come, and there are aspects of him being demonstrated in our lives and being lived through our lives Even, even the trials, brothers and sisters, it's amazing how a difficulty can come and in that difficulty, or the difficulty becomes a boast about Jesus. The dark day says, Jesus brought me through. A good day says, Jesus give me a good day. <laughs> and all the glory goes to Jesus. And it's, it's this, this is the evidence of somebody who is living according to the Spirit. Why? Because we know where our life comes from. We know who is the sustainer of our lives. We know who has given us these things. We know who is changing us. We know who's bringing us on this journey. We know who's providing. We know who's bringing us through the trials and the tribulations. We know, and our boast becomes him. Our boast becomes him. The victories is a boast in Jesus. Jesus did that. I couldn't do that. Jesus did that. I, think, I believe one of the second evidences of uh, being full of the Spirit is gratefulness. Gratefulness. We are thankful First of all, we're convinced. We know that we're in the hands of Jesus and we know that he has come. We know that he loves us. We know that, that he died on that cross for us. We know that he has come and changed us. So therefore, there is a gratefulness. We know that he has brought us in, in to situations and through situations and blessed us in situations and we know that it is him. Why? Because there is this awareness. There is this, this awareness of, of the Spirit of God and the moving of God in our lives. Gratefulness. Thankful for the blessings. We see Jesus behind every door. <laughs> Jesus is, is an open door. We can give thanks for open doors. We can give thanks for closed doors. We can. 
If God is closing the door, that's a blessing from the Lord because he's stopping us from going through the wrong door and getting into a mess. A closed door is as much of a blessing as an open door, brothers and sisters. It is. And we can be grateful. We're thankful for these things, thankful for each other, thankful for the people God has put into our lives. Even thankful for this country that God has put us in. So it's only recently I always was, I always was dismissive of this country, until recently. And I, I, I believe with all my heart, God has put us into a wonderful, wonderful country. We live in a, a beautiful place with so many riches and benefits and blessings, and we need to be thankful. The third evidence is a prayer life. I'm not talking about, it does, you know, I'm talking about prayer meetings, yes, but I'm talking about more than that. I'm talking about how that because we're, we're aware of, of Jesus being with us, the Holy Spirit being with us, that there is this conversation as the day goes on. You know, I'm, I'm in a situation with, you know, a, a neighbor, God. In my mind, I'm praying. I'm just chatting at Jesus. Let me be a blessing to this man. Help me to bring it round to the gospel. Help me to, to say something about you. Or, you know, um, there, there just is this, this prayer going on, this conversation going on, and it's not even, we don't even consider it prayer. We're just talking to Jesus about all the situations. Why? Because there's an, an awareness and also a dependence. Jesus, I need you for this situation, this conversation. I need your patience for... Well, my children are here. I can't talk about them. <laughs> I don't need any patience for my children. I don't know about you with yours. <laughs> I, I, need, I need patience... I need wisdom for family life, for finances. I have a car that won't pass the NCT. I need wisdom. I, God, I'm talking to the Lord about all these things. You know, and this is, this is being full of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, praying on all occasions, speaking with the Lord, allowing Him to lead us. Ephesians 5.18 it says this, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And brothers and sisters, the Word of God encourages us to be people who are full of the Spirit. This, this is what the apostles wanted for the ministry of Feed Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, this is what we need for feed cork in every sense of that word, feed cork. For, you know, feed our area, our Cargilline, our Balancholic, or wherever. We need, we need to be full of the Spirit. And we have this instruction, and we also have there in Acts, people can distinguish between those who are filled with the Spirit and those who are not. And we have this great 
opportunity to live life like this, full of the Spirit. And it's not us striving to do something, brothers and sisters. It's not. We don't strive to receive from God. We step into it through faith. Through faith. And we will be full of the Spirit through believing all the things that He offers us and just stepping into it by faith. Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Also that scripture, if, if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So brothers and sisters, for feed cork, as in spiritually feed cork, our city, for feed my family, for feed my neighbors, for feed my work colleagues, for feed my community. We need to be full of the Spirit. And all we have to do is ask, is ask. And he gives. Brothers and sisters, he desires to fill us with the Spirit and to, and to give this life of the Spirit to us more than we even want it. That's the truth. It's his plan. It's his only plan because this is a supernatural life to be lived and it's through the power of the Spirit that we live it. Will we stand and pray? Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Lord God, Lord God, you come, Lord, and, and Lord, you remind us of things, oh God, and Lord, you bring us back, Lord, to things, oh God, and oh, Father, Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that if, Lord, in, in our lives, Lord, we have, Lord, moved, Lord, from, Lord, our primary role, Lord, of, of being full of your Spirit, oh God, and just, Lord, living, Lord, according to your Spirit, oh God, and Lord, following, Lord, what your Word says, oh God, and stepping into it, Lord, Lord, I pray, oh God, Lord, that you bring us back, Jesus. Bring us back, oh God. Thank you, God. You're, you're not condemning us, oh God. You, do, you don't, oh Lord, Lord, you, you don't, Lord, seek, Lord, to, to put us down in any way, Lord. But you, Lord, want to encourage us, Lord, into, Lord, fruitfulness, oh God. Fruitfulness, oh God. And Lord, we choose, Lord, Lord, we choose, Lord, to say yes to you tonight, oh God. Lord, we choose to say yes, Lord. Lord, to life, Lord, full of your spirit, oh God. And oh Lord, knowing, Lord, Lord, our human weakness, Lord, can never achieve anything, oh God. Oh Lord, it's through your spirit, oh God. It's through the gifts of your spirit, Lord. It's through the, the fruit of your spirit, oh God. It's through the life of your spirit, oh God. Oh Lord, that's supernatural life, oh God. And oh Lord, our greatest desire, Lord, is your church, Lord, tonight, oh God, is that we, Lord, oh Lord, would be your body, Lord, and demonstrate you, Lord, to all those around us, Lord. Lord, including each other, Jesus, Lord. And oh Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, Lord, conform us, Lord, to your image, Jesus. Lord, we invite it, oh God, we want it, oh God. Oh Lord, we, your church, Lord, we, Lord, want to be full of your spirit, oh God. Lord, we want to be sensitive to your spirit, oh God. Lord, we want to be, 
Oh, Lord, listening, Lord, to what you have to say, oh, God. Lord, we want to hear you, Lord, when you guide us, oh, God. Oh, Lord, or when you prompt us, Lord, oh, Lord, to go this way or that way or to speak this to this person or that person, Lord. Lord, we want to be led of your Spirit, oh, God. Lord, in our home lives, Lord, in our work lives, Lord. Lord, in our personal lives, Lord, in our financial lives, oh, God. Oh, Father, Lord, in, in, in everything that we have and are, oh, God, we want you to reign, Jesus. And I pray, oh, God, oh, Lord, as we go through the moments of this week, Lord, would you, Lord, take us into that life, Lord. Lead us into that more and more, oh, God. And we would say yes to you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 Praise God, brothers and sisters. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.